episode three of already loved i am so so glad you're here i'm glad to be here happy saturday morning well for me it's a saturday morning for you it's likely a wednesday morning if not later um i hope you're doing well it's been a pretty good week so far for me i finished my classes you know didn't do as well as i thought or i hoped (laughs) for the first semester of college but a lot of people tell me that it's fine because like you're adjusting and stuff so I'm like okay I'll just use that as an excuse and hopefully that'll be my excuse for the rest of my life because it's not looking good this semester guys but you know pray for me just kidding I'm good it's fine I kept my scholarship and that's all that matters (laughs) anyway today I have a really fun interesting episode I've never done something like this before The Lord just told me, guys, every single week when I ask the Lord what he wants for this week, it's different every time. And it's good because we get to adventure and we get to try new things, but it's also crazy because it stretches me and I'm like, wait, you want me to do what now? Like last week I was like, you want me to just sing on like a talking show? Like I'm going to (laughs) sing. He's like, yeah, that's what we're going to (laughs) do. But it blessed him. So that's all that mattered. I have a very exciting topic It doesn't sound exciting to our flesh, but it's very exciting for our spirit, and I feel like this is what the Lord has for just this week, and it is the concept of laying it all down. And I was asking the Lord what he wanted for what this episode is going to look like, and I just felt a fresh desire for us to lay it all down and to surrender, like he desires in this hour for his children to surrender again. It's so sad because so many Christians live their entire lives proclaiming the name of Jesus, worshiping, going to church every week, reading their Bibles, but they don't actively practice surrender. And that's really what it's all about, honestly. So I'm going to go ahead and start us off by praying us in. Dear Lord, we just come to you right now and we just enter your courts with praise, Lord. Lord Jesus, right now, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you for your goodness and your kindness Lord, I want to thank you for waking me up today. Thank you that we can gather today to just hear your word and talk about you. I pray that this word encourages people, that it draws them closer to you, Lord, that it ultimately encourages them in the faith to keep going. Lord, you are so good, and we just want to put you in your rightful place right now. We praise you, Lord, for not just what you do, but who you are. Your character is so trustworthy. You're so kind. And I just thank you that you never change. I just pray that you would Holy Spirit speak through me and we would just have a great time and that we would just leave encouraged. We love you so, so much, Jesus. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. So first off, the song recommendation of the day. Honestly, at this point, I'm just going to recommend albums because all of the songs that I pick are usually from an album. (laughs) And the album is good too. So this time around, it is Maverick City's Christmas album. A very Maverick Christmas. So good. Guys, they mix like classical Christmas hymns with, I guess, more modern worship songs. And oh, so good. 
oh my gosh. And they like invited some amazing worship leaders that, man, it just really stirs up your spirit. So highly recommend that whole album. It's just so good. Just start it at the top and just go all the way down because it's so good. But yeah, so like I said, this podcast episode is a little bit different than most. Honestly, in the past couple episodes, I've written down pretty much everything I'm going to say. Um, obviously, I don't write it down word for word, but I just write it down just bullet points of the idea, the general points I want to hit, etc. And that usually is good, but this time around, and it's so fitting, uh, this whole episode is going to be about surrender. And in doing so, the Lord just gave me four verses that we're going to read, and then we're just going to go. And I'm, I have zero notes except for those four verses. And then I know the Lord's going to just speak right through me. So it's going to be a great time. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and read off the first verse that the Lord brought me to when it comes to laying it all down. Our goal as Christians is to become laid down lovers of Jesus. So what does this mean? Well, I think of laying it down as taking our wants, our desires, our burdens, all of these things from the world that, that, that press down on our shoulders and we just lay it down at his feet. And I think of this as a juxtapositioning to the Old Testament where the priests would go into the holiest of holies and they would take the perfect lamb or they would take the sacrifice for that day and they would lay it on the altar as a sacrifice for the Lord. And as Christians, because Jesus became our most holy, precious lamb for us and he died on the cross for us, we don't have to do these rituals anymore. But in a way, it's a beautiful symbolism of what Jesus did for us and what we now no longer have to do to earn righteousness. All that to say, I just mean we now can take our burdens, shame, guilt, thoughts, all of these things that just weigh us down and we get to take these things and lay it on the altar as a sacrifice to him. And he loves it. He loves when we come. He loves when we come lay it down on the altar. You might think it sounds odd that a God would want us to lay down our burdens to him, but he loves it because it's a part of our hearts. And the really cool part about this is it doesn't just please him when we do this. Obviously, it pleases him. He loves to fill our hearts. He loves to fulfill our needs and our wants. He loves that. And not in a twisted, perverted way that he like loves when we're desperate. That's not what it's like at all. Think of his character. He's kind. He's loving. He loves to do it because it moves him. In every single scenario in the Bible that I can think of, when Jesus was here on earth walking as a man, it says in the word that a lot of times he would see the crowds and he would have compassion on them. In Matthew, it says that Jesus is gentle and lowly at heart. You know that verse that says, come to me all who are weary and burdened? That verse really reveals his heart. Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly at heart. And so because of this, we can trust that he is the best person to share our wants, needs, desires, burdens, all these things too, because he loves it and he wants to fill that place for us. And when we lay it down, we get to pick up what he has for us. When we lay down the things of this world, our wants, our desires, we get to pick up his desires and our hearts align to his. So for example, if I have a desire to get married, which I do, um, when I lay that desire down, it's not that I'm saying, oh, I'm good. Like, I don't need to get married anymore, Lord. It's not necessarily what it means, but instead it just means that I value his plan above mine and I don't need marriage to be fulfilled because he is my ultimate form of fulfillment. And it's obviously hard for us to do in our flesh, but honestly, when I am in worship and I am in prayer and just focused on his face, 
and I think about what he did for me on the cross, it is more than my joy to surrender everything to him. He's so worthy of that. He's worthy of so, so much more than that. He's worthy of every single thing that we own, everything we love, everything we know. But all he asks for is our hearts. What a good, good father. If I gave literally everything for a person, I would expect a lot in return. (laughs) But he's so otherworldly. He's so unlike us that he only just wants our hearts because he loves us so much. So in that area that you're feeling kind of hesitation or tension or like you just are really holding tightly onto something i just want to tell you that you can trust him because he will take care of you he is the only person that i know who knows what i need and he is what i need so like i said we're gonna read the first verse i kind of went on a tangent before the first verse (laughs) this is what happens when we don't have notes guys but it's galatians 2 20 and it says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I love this verse, and not only because it's from Galatians, one of my favorite books of the Bible, but also because it just perfectly encapsulates the Christian walk. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this can sound obviously very intense. We've been crucified with Christ. Like, what are we being nailed to the cross to? But honestly, it's talking about crucifying our flesh and our desires. So in the Bible, when it talks about flesh, it might be talking about actual skin and bone. But in some contexts, and you'll hear a lot of Christians talk about flesh, the way that I would define it is probably just your desires, your personal worldly desires. And if we are living by the flesh, we are living for ourselves. But if we're living by faith and we're living for God, we're not living for ourselves anymore. And that's where we crucify our flesh and allow Christ to live through us because you can't serve both yourself and God. And one of the teachings that Jesus teaches is that no man can serve both God and money. But I would go as far to say that that's replaceable with anything of this world. It's not just money. So when it's talking about the flesh, it's talking about your desires, your original sin, We were all born into the sinful world that is broken and we're not perfect. And unfortunately, there's something called original sin that happens because we just literally exist on this earth (laughs) because this earth is broken and it just gets passed down from generation to generation. But we have a good God who saves us from our brokenness. And so this verse is just encapsulating surrender. I have been crucified with Christ. All of my desires, all of my wants, what Carly desires, what Carly wants, what Carly thinks is best for her, I'm taking that and I'm surrendering it to the Lord and saying, you know what? I'm crucifying that to the cross because I know that Christ can do so much more with my wants, my desires than I ever could. (laughs) He can do so, so much more with my situation than I ever could. And that's why we lay that down. That's why we surrender because that's living by faith. He loves you and he gave himself for you. So you know he's going to follow through for you in that situation. If you're in a situation where you are just taking control and running yourself rampant, trying to figure out solutions or paths or XYZ of how to fix this situation or how to get past this, how to move through this, whatever it is, God can do so, so much more with your situation than you ever could because he's the king of the universe. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. He's everywhere always. He knows everything. He's all powerful. He can do so, so much more with your situation than you can. And this isn't to discourage you. This is to encourage you that, hey, we can trust him. We can trust him with our burdens. We can trust him with our lives, with our situations, and with our hearts. He is the most trustworthy of it.
this isn't a boring thing either. This isn't something that you say like, oh, I've surrendered and now I'm sad because I'm bored and I'm sad and I just got rid of everything that I wanted. Like, no, that is not what life with Jesus is like. If you have had one spirit-led moment in your life, you know it is fun and it's exciting. Like, you get to do things that you never thought that you could do. You get to do things that you could never do in your own strength that only Jesus could do for you or only Holy Spirit could lead you into. There are so many things and so many places and platforms that I have found myself on that I know I would not be able to be on without the Lord. Like Carly in her own strength could not do that. But that's why it's so beautiful, life with Jesus, because he opens doors for you that you could never open for yourself. So when you lay it down, you're not laying down good things. Honestly, I think about the desires that I wanted in middle school, high school, even now. And honestly, some of them aren't even that good. Like we don't even want the worldly stuff sometimes. Like it's not really great. And when we accept the world instead of what Jesus has for us, we are settling. So when you lay it down, you're not laying down good things. You're technically, honestly laying down bad things that are from the world. They're not gonna benefit you in the long run. They're not gonna be eternal. They're not gonna glorify God. And you're picking up things that the Lord gives you, which are eternal and lovely and amazing and fulfilling. Take it from a girl who knows, trust me. The way that I think about this is like when I was in middle school, I really wanted to date this one guy who now looking back, I'm like, girl, he was nothing special. Let's be real. I don't think anyone in middle school that we really liked was anything special just because it's middle school. But if I hadn't followed my convictions from the Holy Spirit and ended up dating this guy, that would have been the best that I ever got. I would have been settling for my version of what I thought was good for me, but Jesus knows what's best for you. When you hold on to what you have and you are holding so tightly to the things that you know, the things that you can control, that's the best you're ever going to get. Or you could lay that down and pick up God's best for you, which is so, so much better. He is literally the creator of the universe. He created everything. He knows everything. He's above everything. He controls everything. So if that's the case, then he knows what you want and he knows how to give it to you in the best way, in the best time. I'm remembering this Instagram post that I saw. It was a picture of just a little girl and she was holding just like this raggedy old tiny teddy bear and she was saying to Jesus, who was standing in front of her, but Jesus, I love it and I really want to keep it. But Jesus was saying, it's okay, you can give it to me. Like you can surrender you can trust me. And she doesn't see it, but behind his back, he's holding this huge teddy bear that's like so cuddly and soft and fresh and new. And even though that's like literally the silliest image on legit Instagram, it's such a beautiful picture of just how Jesus is with us. He has what's best for us and he is what's best for us. So when we're holding on to the things of this world, when we're holding on to what we know, what we're comfortable with, what we would rather have because it's right in front of us, we're settling for the counterfeit. So this week, ask yourself and ask the Lord, hey Lord, where am I settling? What area am I not surrendering to you? And he will show you and he'll do it in such a gracious way. His correction is so loving and kind and his discipline is just so saturated in love that even when we're being like disciplined or corrected by him, it doesn't even feel like it because it's just all through love. So ask the Lord and open your heart to really receive it because there's areas of my life that I'm so, so glad that Holy Spirit worked on me with because if, I, if he did didn't, I wouldn't have freedom in that area. So ask the Lord and I know that he'll show you. And even if it's hard to let that go, know that when you're letting things of this world go, you're accepting and inviting Holy Spirit to move in that area of your life. Yeah.
time that I have been obedient to the Lord in surrender, I've been blessed for it. And not like I get a million dollars immediately by blessing. I mean, like I have just felt freedom and blessing of just knowing that I'm in his will. Guys, there is no safer place to be than in the will of God. Every time that I have had a season where I'm not having peace or I'm just not feeling good, I'm just feeling weighed down or just all over the place, a hot mess. All of those times, I've probably not been in surrender with the Lord and I've not been living in communion with the Lord. But the minute that you turn to Jesus, he will give you that peace. He will give you that satisfaction. He'll give you the thing that your soul needs because we search for in this world things that we want, but they don't fulfill us. They don't lead to lasting peace. They don't lead to lasting joy. Jesus is the only person who leads to lasting peace and joy and no one can take that from you. When you get it from him, no one can take it from you, but he's the only place that you can get that. I think of the verse that says, God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you deeply love Jesus and you are called according to your purpose, meaning you're living in what he's called you to, or you're living a life worthy of your calling, God is going to work for your good. So whenever I just need a little checkup, I'm like, listen, am I loving Jesus in every way that I can? Am I living life called according to my purpose? And if those two things are the answer, then I know that God's working for my good. And you have the favor of God because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. When Jesus died for you on the cross, you now have the authority and you have the inheritance that Jesus has. We get to inherit his kingdom. When I think about it, we aren't even Jewish. We're Gentiles, technically. But we get to have the inheritance of the kingdom of God. We get to be children of God and children of the resurrection. And that's such a beautiful thing. That's so, so amazing that God would be so generous to give that to us. But we have that. And so when we start walking in that, that's when real change happens. That's when real power happens because we know who we are. So we won't be torn or swayed by the world anymore. And that actually leads really nicely into our next passage, which is Matthew 16, verse 24 through 26. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? This is such a good verse. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is really similar to the whole being crucified with Christ verse, but I love that it says, let him deny himself. This doesn't mean have a big self-pity party. Oh my gosh, Carly sucks. Cancel Carly 2021. That's not what denying yourself means. Denying yourself means saying, you know what? I don't know best and I'm going to lose attachment to the things that I'm attached to. I'm going to lose attachment to the things of this world and I'm going to pick up my cross and follow him. And honestly, if you've lived in this life for literally 0.2 seconds, you know that this world is not a great place to be sometimes. It's broken. It's hard. Life is difficult. There are challenges. There are obstacles. But the longer that I live, the more I realize that I do not belong to this world. And when you're a believer, that's the mindset that we have to have. It's the eternal mindset of, listen, I know that I'm going through it right now, but this is not going to follow me into eternity. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven worshiping Jesus and living in fulfillment where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, but it's only him. And that's so, so beautiful. To take up your cross is to pick up the burden of following the Lord. And Jesus even says, in this world, you will have trouble. And when he says you will, 
that's a promise. Like, it's a promise. You will have trouble. You will get persecuted. But he has overcome the world. So when we pick up our cross and we take the burden of following Jesus, it's really not much of a burden at all because we get to do it with him. We get to be co-heirs with Christ. We get to be co-workers with Christ. We get to partner with him. He doesn't just sit on the side and just watch us struggle or watch us do this whole life without him. Like he's there with us in every single step. I don't know any God who does that. So the next part of this verse says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is such a treasured part of the verse for me. Honestly, I think a lot of people kind of skip over it, but I love that it says, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Because listen, when we are looking in the world for things, we're looking in the world to find our purpose, to find life, to find joy, to find peace, to find love, whatever it is, we're not going to be able to find it in this world. But when we lose our attachment, we say, Lord, I know that I will find it in you. When we lose our attachment to the things of this world, aka lose our lives for his sake, you'll realize that it's in Jesus. All of these things that we search for in the world for fulfillment, we can find in Jesus. The self-actualization needs that we think that we're going to get in people, in situations, in a job title, in security, in money, we will not find there. We will only find it in Jesus. For what will a man profit if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? If I got every single thing that I ever wanted, a million dollars, the best job that I ever had, a perfect relationship, vacation every two weeks, but I didn't have Jesus, it wouldn't be worth anything. It would be so empty. And that's what this verse is saying. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Jesus is the only thing that matters. Jesus is the one that brings life to our days. He's the one that brings joy to our days. So when we search for life on this earth, we'll find that there's really nothing that is everlasting like Jesus because he is life embodied. The next verse that we'll be reading is also from Galatians. It says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. This verse really goes hand in hand with the past two verses that we were reading, just about crucifying your flesh. And also, I love that this verse talks about living by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. What does it mean to be Spirit-led? It means not only living by the Spirit, but also walking by the Spirit. Not only, you know, spending time with Jesus every day and just being saturated in the Holy Spirit and feeling really good, but also in your decisions, in every single minute day-to-day, the little things, walking by the Spirit and asking, Holy Spirit, what should I do about this? How should I approach this? What do you think about this? You know, like, I think of the days that I'm really walking by the Spirit are the days that I close my eyes and I say, Spirit, you lead me. I trust you to lead me in every single decision I make and every single small thing. Because a lot of people think that, like, Jesus doesn't really care about your small, tiny things in the day-to-day or doesn't really care about the mundane, but he is the God of the mundane. He loves that. He is in every single detail. He is such an intimate God and he wants to hear about everything. I think of like when I talk to my boyfriend at the end of the day on the phone, I just want to tell him every detail about my day and he wants to hear it because he loves me. And it's the same thing with God, but God loves us so much more. He wants to hear about every single thing in your day. He wants to be a part of every single part of your day. Like, 
a lot of times when I'm telling my boyfriend about every single thing in my day, it's because I wish that he was a part of it. I wish that he was there for it, but Holy Spirit is there for all of it. And so you get to include him and that goes back to, we get to partner with him and we get to say, hey, I have to make a really big decision at work today. Holy Spirit, can you lead me in that? And the way that I practically do this is I literally just wake up in the morning (laughs) and I put my hand over my heart and I say, Holy Spirit, you lead me today and I will follow. Because in this way, we're speaking out loud to ourselves, to the enemy, to the Lord who is listening. You lead and I will follow. This is the life of living by the Spirit. This is a life of walking by the Spirit. It's not just having the Spirit in us, but it's partnering with the Holy Spirit and letting him be a part of our day-to-day, involving him, including him. Because he's the great helper and he wants to be able to help you in every single day, in every decision, in every single thing. And this is so encouraging. When is it that you ever have the most encouraging person, the best person who embodies love inside of you, talking to you, letting you know what to do, giving you peace, giving you comfort, giving you advice? Like, when is it? Only with Jesus do we get that. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. He's a helper and he speaks to us and he fills us up with love and joy and peace. And we get to walk with that every single day. I think surrender has a negative connotation in today's world because we think of surrender as like a white flag or like uh, giving up or losing. This is the only situation where when you surrender, you're actually the one winning because you're winning against the enemy. The enemy exists. He prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. He came to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to take everything that God has for you away. The enemy can't completely destroy you, but he can distract you. And one of the ways that he'll do that is he'll convince you that control is the better option. But the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's control. And when we surrender to the Lord, it's like a slap in the enemy's face and we get to kick him in the face and say, you do not get to speak into my life anymore because I'm choosing Jesus. I'll never forget going through a really hard breakup season and I called my mentor and I just said, I'm just really sad because I knew that this was right for me. I knew this is what the Lord wanted for me, that I needed to end this relationship to grow in my walk with the Lord. But for some reason, I'm still sad and I'll never forget her encouraging me by telling me, Carly, when you lay down your desires, you get to pick up his and you get to pick up what he has for you. And it's so much better. It is so, so much better than anything we could think of of ourselves more than we ask, more than we think or imagine. He has beautiful plans for you, but you will never be able to see those if all you're ever doing is holding on to what you have. And a lot of times we think of surrender as just this big ordeal that like one day we're going to be at this prayer conference or we're going to be at a church service or an event. And then we're going to have this huge moment where like the Holy Spirit comes down like a flood and we just get completely erect. And then we surrender. Like, honestly, so many times my surrender has not been like that at all. It's so easy. I'll never forget asking, how do I surrender, Lord? How do I surrender? And he literally told me, you just do it. Like Nike, (laughs) you just lay it down and you say, Lord... I surrender this part of my heart to you. I surrender this to you. I'm giving you control of this. And it's such a good thing. He's so worthy of our desires. He's so worthy of our expectations, our relationships, our hearts. And we shouldn't be afraid to surrender. If you're afraid to surrender, there's something that you're not trusting the Lord with. But he is the most trustworthy. If you have been hurt by a person because you've trusted them, know that you will never be hurt by God. You'll be hurt by people. You'll be hurt by things of this world. 
but you will never be hurt by God. And every day we have something new to surrender. Surrender is not just a one and done deal. Like, okay, I've surrendered and now I'm good for the rest of my life. No, surrender is a daily choice that we make. We wake up every single morning. Like I said, I wake up every morning and I say, Lord, I surrender to you again. I'll never forget after that breakup, the Lord just speaking to me so beautifully about surrender and saying surrender is a daily choice. And he's so worthy of our surrender. That's what he's worthy of. He died for us on the cross. There is no one more worthy for our surrender. The last verse is Romans 12, 1, which says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. When we surrender to the Lord, we become a living sacrifice to him. And it's so, so beautiful because that means that everything we do is worship. I could be doing my homework, reading a book, talking to a friend, calling my mom, whatever it is. I could be doing literally anything and it can be worship because I'm surrendered to him and I'm yielded to him. When you're surrendered, it's like leaning back. Like he's just behind you and he's holding you and you get to just be in his embrace and just lean back and close your eyes and smile through life because he is holding you and he's got you. He's leading your steps. And like I said, Holy Spirit's whispering in your ear every single day. This is what you should do. This is the decision you should make. This is how you should react to that. This is what you should surrender. And it's not a controlling thing at all. It's not like manipulative or harsh, but it's so kind and it's so beautiful. We just get to lean back. Like I think of like just being in a river, just kind of like on your back floating and the river's just taking you. That's what surrender with Jesus is like. And that's what communion with the Lord is like. And people who are stuck in religion and stuck in the rigid rules and legalism of religion get so flustered because they're like, Carly is literally just floating down this river and she's having a good time with the Lord. That's not possible. I'm doing all these, I'm following all these rules and doing all the right things, but I still don't feel good. How does Carly feel good if she's just floating down this river? But Living in relationship and in complete communion with the Lord offends religious people. It offends the people who are living in rigid rules because they don't understand it. And we don't surrender out of spite or pressure or obligation. We do it because we love him and because he's worthy of it. If you're finding it hard to surrender, there might be an area in your heart that you're not trusting him in. I know when I'm having a hard time surrendering, it's because I'm not seeing him rightly. I'm not seeing him as this loving kind God who is my father, my friend. I don't know what your concept of a dad is, but God is the best one that you could ever imagine. He invented fathering. He is literally the father of all fathers, and he is so good at it. When we say he's a good father, not only is he morally good and upright, but he's also really good at what he does. I don't know anyone else who fathers like him. He takes good care of you. He loves you so, so much. He doesn't want to deprive you or take something away from you. He wants to show you that he is everything. This isn't just good thoughts or positive vibes. This is the truth of who he is and what he says in his word. You don't have to rely on yourself and your own understanding. You don't have to rely on other people and your expectations because he's got you. And when he's in control, that's the safest and most secure place you can ever be. There have been so many seasons that I just have refused to surrender because I thought that I knew best. There are so many times that we don't even know that we're not surrendering. But ask the Lord in your quiet time this week, Hey Lord, what area am I not surrendering to you? Is there an area that I'm not trusting you with? Is it the relationship that I'm in, the friendships that I have, the job that I'm in, my major, my 
education, whatever that might be, it's different for everybody, but he knows and he wants to free you. On the other side of surrender is freedom. And that's the coolest part. The other side of surrender takes off our expectations. Surrender removes expectations on us, all worldly pressure, because we get to just live through him. I don't have to strive in my own strength to be something that I never wanted to be because I know that I'm his child. I don't have to search really hard for a well-paying job and stress out about getting a major that I don't really like just because I need to make good money when I get older because I know that he's going to take care of me. There are so many things that when we try to do in our own strength, we'll never accomplish or we'll accomplish it but be super stressed out while doing it. (laughs) But if we just surrender to the Lord, then we will have so much more peace so much more blessing on the other side of it. Surrender isn't just for him, it's for you. It's so that you can experience the freedom that he wants to give you and that he died and paid a price for. If my mom never surrendered to the Lord or never submitted her ways to the Lord, she would have never adopted me because it wasn't her idea. It was something that the Lord spoke to her so clearly that she knew it was from him because she didn't think of it. She never went into her marriage thinking, oh, I want to adopt from China. That was never a thought that crossed her mind until God spoke to her about it. And she always tells me that even though adoption really blessed me because obviously I got a family out of it and an, an amazing life and blessings abundantly and just a way better situation than I would have had in an orphanage, that adoption blessed her. I'll never forget this period of time that I was just going through a lot mentally. I feel like there was just so much torment and turmoil going on in my head. Like, constant stream of lies like I just felt like I wasn't enough wasn't good enough and I was just being honestly very heavily attacked by the enemy and I'll never forget asking the Lord what is wrong with me what is going on with my head how can I get rid of the lies in my head how can I fight whatever's happening spiritually around me like I don't know I feel so ill-equipped for this I don't feel ready I don't feel like myself anymore I'm just not really sure what's going on and I'll never forget the Lord telling me You don't have to know what's going on to surrender. You don't have to understand to surrender. That's what surrender is. It's saying, hey, I actually don't understand what's going on. I don't know how to fight it because I'm not supposed to. It's all him. We are so used to surrender meaning failure, but in this case, surrender means victory. And I'll never forget the grace that I felt from the Lord to surrender. He invites us to surrender. He could have totally made us as robots who just obeyed his every single whim and word and command, but he gave us free will so that we had the choice to surrender. And that's such a beautiful thing. And he's such a good God for doing that because we get to feel the depth of his love for us when we surrender. He is inviting us to trust him and inviting us to lean not on our own understanding, but to submit our ways to him because he will make our paths straight and he is the light on our paths. He will guide every step. He will be there for all of it. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't say, all right, now that you've surrendered, I'm going to check out now. Like, no, he is here the whole time and he's walking through it with you and he's carrying you along the way. And when we're surrendered to him, we just get to lean back on him and just say, you know what, Lord, you've got this and I trust you. And that is the best place to be. I've tasted and I've seen that that is the best place to be. Nothing that I could do in my own power compares to the freedom and joy of surrendering to Jesus. He is so worthy of it. He is more than worthy of your surrender. And that's all he wants from you. We owe him everything, but he just wants our hearts. And that is a beautiful thing. So with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. 
dear lord thank you so so much for meeting us here today you're a good good father and i just thank you for the word that you've placed on the inside of me that i could share with these people that we just get to spend this time worshiping you and realizing what a blessing it is to surrender lord you could have created us as robots who just always did every single thing that you asked us to but you created us with free will so that we could surrender so i thank you lord for giving us the option and the choice to surrender and right now lord i'm just surrendering to you and your will for my life i know that what you have for me is way better than anything that i could think of myself so i'm trusting you with every single part of my heart and i just pray over the person listening to this right now that that area that they're holding on to that situation that they don't know what's going to happen with, that person that they're praying about, Lord, that they would just surrender and that they would lay it down to you, that they would surrender so that you can take the burden. Lord, you're so worthy of our surrender. What you did on the cross was enough for us. Our surrender is the least we can do for you. It is not a big deal in comparison to what you did for us, Lord. And so we just give you that rightful place again. We give you that place in our hearts. You're so worthy of our surrender, Lord. And I pray that you just teach me every single day to lay more down for you until eventually I am the one on the altar, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for the blessing of knowing you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so, so much for listening. I'm so glad. Look at the, how the Lord moved. I just talked for like 30 plus minutes and I had no notes, literally just four verses, zero notes. I love you guys so much. Share it with someone that you think would benefit from it. Follow me on social media at already loved podcast. I hope that you have an amazing day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Peace out. Hey.